0: Welcome along to the gardening program. Pork is almost singing the theme ah. tune as we start. <laughs> uh, good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, Pork. Welcome back. It's great to be back. Uh, yeah, wonderful to, to have back. you back as well. Uh, I wish the the morning was a little more clement, and indeed the week uh, two that have just gone by. But it is what it is, and it's not going to deter us in our gardening. One wish.
1: Not at all. It's going to be difficult to get back out into the garden after all that rain, certainly. Uh, but but funny enough, I was actually listening to. Um, the farming this morning and they were talking about the uh, cereal crops and the yield is up this year. Um, so they're talking about kind of a, a more normal year. Whereas last year, if you remember, we had so much sunshine, so much drought that certainly the cereal farmers and, and uh, many of the farmers were, were uh, complaining about the the loss of yield that okay. silage crops were down. So we were actually seeing a more normal year this year. And, and, and I think the temperatures and the rainfall, certainly up to two or three weeks ago, have been more kind of typical of our, of our, of our well, summers. Well, I suppose, yes. Yeah, and yeah. plants have really responded really well. I mean, the growth this summer has been really, really, Really good. If people have hedges in their garden or their lawns, I mean, the lawn never stopped growing. No, it hasn't. And it's it's still growing. And and plants in general, and particularly for people that have put in new plants, new trees and shrubs and hedging plants, they've done really well. It's actually been quite a good growing year because we had a lovely mixture of normal temperatures and rainfall right through. I mean, it was relatively dry, probably up to three weeks I ago. I suppose it was
0: just August was a particularly wet month. It was a very, very month, wet yes. month,
1: yeah. And, and, and I'm still wondering where all that rain has gone. Yeah, and is. still
0: and still coming from.
1: And still coming. But but yeah, it's, it's certainly been challenging over the last three weeks. But as we dip into autumn, temperatures are cooling down. You can feel it already. And
0: we've just mentioned there about that.
1: And and the, and the uh, light levels when they're dropping. So what we're going to see now over the next couple of weeks is obviously the plants changing colour. And I actually just nipped out to my own garden this morning and took a few plants that are showing some lovely early autumnal colour. So here's the liquid amber, and you can see already the uh, the leaves are turning from that beautiful green to shades of reds and purples and oranges so as the temperature starts to drop and as the the day length starts to reduce of course the chlorophyll the green pigment starts to disappear and it releases all these beautiful autumnal colours so as long as we get a, a relatively dry and cold autumn without too much frost you'll get these fabulous Autumn colour, so okay. that's really what we're hoping for. I suppose an Indian summer, really, um, you know, that would uh, dry, cool weather. And um, so that's a, a brilliant plan for autumn colour, and it's only starting now. Yeah, you and can li-
0: just see it there; the edges are starting to turn.
1: Yeah, and liquid amber can be grown as a tree, or it can be planted as a garden shrub, and gives stunning. Really, it's probably one of the best. Autumnal car- colours. Another plant I really like is this one, which is Cotinus or smoke bush, and there's a lovely variety called Grace, which produces uh, beautiful yellows, oranges. Um, red colors in the foliage as we slip into September October November um, but without that without even the autumn color the leaves and cotinus are fabulous that they're that lovely dillisk purple um, starting in March holding that color right through summer and then in autumn it starts to change again as the purple pigment starts to break down we, it releases the lovely color so that's a lovely plant if you want purple foliage and particularly really good autumn colour in the garden it's a shrub it'll grow anything up to five or six feet if you let it but it can be pruned and cut back as well for for um, you know to keep it tidy and to keep mm. it neat what else have I got in the box again another plant that I think is underrated are the lovely Pittosporum family and this is a variety called Tom Tom So I have a number of these in the garden along the edge of of a bed. They only grow Tom Thumb, as the name suggests. It's short, so it only grows Asian inches, two feet. Small leaves, all right. Small leaves, and the plant itself is very compact. The leaves are about the size of a box leaf, so they're very similar to boxwood. But again, like the Cotinus, this is a purple foliage plants plant. So Pittosporum Tom Thumb has these beautiful dark, glossy, purple foliage 12 months of the year. It's one of the few purple leaf plants that actually retain their leaf all year round. And the young growth is this apple green colour. So it produces these bright apple green leaves in spring, summer, early autumn, and then they change to this deep purple in winter. So if you're looking for something small, compact, that'll form a kind of a tight ball of purple foliage, and um, there's a great plant, Pittosporum tom-tom. Um, it, I plant it generally in groups so I have this planted along it, a bed, probably ten or twelve, like a little small miniature hedge, and uh, it just borders the bed very nicely. But gives tremendous colour twelve months of the year, and it's very very easy to trim and grow. It doesn't suffer any pests or diseases or any problems whatsoever. Um, and Pittosporum is a family of evergreen shrubs that grow in different heights, different colours. They're all evergreen. Uh, Some flower. And uh, But for, as a foliage plant, and particularly a winter foliage plant, and for autumn and winter colour, it's a beautiful plant. And the other two plants I brought in are the ice cream plants, the uh, hydrangeas. <laughs> yeah, so th- this is one. Remember I was telling you about, the, these are the pinnaculata family. And uh, I was telling you about this back in May and June, re- advising people to plant them. So this is a, a variety of hydrangea called vanilla freeze. Vanilla mean white, freeze meaning strawberry, or raspberry. raspberry. One of the two is it raspberry? I right think. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> From a, stro- a strawberry of memory
1: serves. So it, it changes colour. So it starts that beautiful white vanilla colour in June, and now as we come into September, you can see the lovely uh, raspberry pigment or pink colour coming, yeah, into, coming the into the flower. And it will actually stay. It's stunning. It'll stay in flower until October, November, really until we get the really hard frost. Because the unique thing about hydrangea paniculata, most of the varieties, in particular this variety, the flowers are sterile, which means that they don't they don't produce seed. And because of that reason, they most plants, the function of any plant is to produce seed. Mm-hmm. So once it produces seed, it, it gives up. It stops. It stops okay. flowering. So, so
0: this keeps flowering as a result, isn't it? Because
1: because it yeah because it does, doesn't produce seed, it hasn't actually finished its function, so it continues to flower. The flowers don't actually go off. So, so flowers that are pollinated, say like apple flowers mm. and pear flowers, they only last two or three or four weeks because they're pollinated and they drop off. Whereas this particular plant, vanilla freeze, retains the flower for nearly four months of the year. So, if you want a really easy plant to grow, then. This Is a plant I would you can still plant it this time of year, so look for hydrangea vanilla freeze. Um, super easy to grow. And in terms of pruning this plant, like different to other hydrangeas, you literally just cut it back in the autumn and winter, really like a rose bush, yeah, and it grows again. So it's a really super easy plant, it doesn't grow too high. That particular variety, only about three feet, so it doesn't suffer from kind of falling over. And the other hydrangea I brought you in, Deirdre, is a variety called Phantom, which produces bigger flowers. I mean, they're huge, Um, very sturdy plant. It only grows again to about three to four feet in height, but it produces loads of flowers. Again, the flowers are sterile Mm. on hydrangea phantom. Um, So if you're looking for a plant kind of four feet, maybe five feet high with balls of colour, then this is a fantastic plant. Again, it's flowering since June and it will continue to go certainly to November um, and very, very simple to grow. So there there are a couple of plants that will give long color both foliage and both flowering and again they're the type of plants you can put in your garden yeah. still at this time of year. Okay
0: and um, but you can even plant them at the moment?
1: Or oh, you can when well, I wait for the weather
0: to clear the, up Yeah wait for
1: the soil to dry up a little bit but, but certainly over the next couple of weeks as the soil dries a little you could start planting them into the garden soil. Okay. So they're kind of some of the autumnal plants and we'll feature others as we go through the the, uh, the the uh, autumn show.
0: Somebody has just literally on WhatsApp sent us in a, a photograph of their vanilla freeze, which they got uh, in Horkins in July, I think it is. Oh, lovely. And, uh, beautiful flowers on it. Thank ah, you It's such the, an the, easy uh, plant really to grow. Stunning. It's a really, really mm. nice
1: plant. So the only care that plant needs is as we come into November, December, that's the time to prune it back, give it a feed next spring and it just comes back next year again, better than ever again. Um, so it, they're, they're look for those. So the Panicula family um, the flowers are sterile. There's a lovely other var- variety called Bobo, which only grows literally 18 inches, okay. two feet. It's a nice dwarf variety uh, but beautiful white white flowers. so they're they're lovely for summer autumn. Colour and a lovely plant to cut as well as a cut flower.
0: They are stunning. Um, now my hydrangeas didn't do quite as well as those did this year, but maybe that was my own fault. You've a
1: slightly different variety. You've the uh, Abrasins. Yeah, the Annabelle uh, Annabelle, Annabelle one. yeah, which tends to be a little bit taller. Yeah. And and the flower tends to be a bit top heavy, and it, and it, the stems are very weak.
0: And it's it suffered as a result of yeah. the wet weather. So exactly. But we did we did kind of harvest them and deliver them to houses, and they are a stunning little. Uh, oh, it's a lovely variety calling and you happen yeah. to have some in your garden. So no, yeah. we did we did knock some value out of them, but I'm afraid they're not They're not looking as good as those ones that have come in this morning from your garden, Boric. No surprise. So um, the other
1: thing I brought you in are some of the autumn bulbs. And it's hard to believe that we're actually in that time of year that we're thinking of snowdrops, bluebells, daffodils, and, and that's what gardening is all about. I mean, if you planted the hydrangeas back in June, you get obviously the colour at this time of year. The same applies to the bulbs. If you want colour in December, January, February, March and April of next year, this is the time to actually start planting flower bulbs and you get the best selection always in September if you leave it till October November of course the best of the bulbs are gone at that stage so my advice is over the next couple of weeks if you want to get a bit of winter and spring color that's going to come back year after year think about garden bulbs I also think they're brilliant for children because bulbs Irrespective of how you plant them, they're going to grow and they're going to flower. So it's always a great project for, for children. But I brought you a couple of different varieties, something a bit more unusual. And this is a, a, a collection of bulbs called the Fairy Walk. Oh,
0: that sounds fabulous. <laughs> so
1: it's a, it's a mixture of bulbs. It has um, Fritillarius. So these are the lovely uh, fritillarias. They're often called snake's head because the flower is, is like a Nick like a, yeah, yeah, it's like a snake skin, but they're pink and white. They're very attractive. The flowers are nodding. And they say that at the time that Jesus was crucified, that this flower dropped its head in respect of... The crucifixion oh, okay. so it has a backstory to of course, it yeah. uh, the, the story of, of christ but as a plant and as a flower it's a beautiful plant so it's a plant called fritillaria megalensis and the are the, the drooping uh fritillarias small heads of or beautiful heads of flower it's a small plant it only grows about a foot in height but it's lovely it's described here as the fairy walk because it's mixed with fritillarias and anemones And the two plants flower at the same time. They'd be lovely planted around trees or along a walkway or in a woodland area or indeed in your lawn if you wanted Mm -hmm. a bit of colour somewhere. Maybe under apple trees because the anemones only grow two to three inches in height. And the Fritillaria then comes up a little bit taller, about a foot in height and these lovely nodding speckled Mm. flowers. So um, it's a really nice plant, very easy to grow. Plant them now, you can put them in pots and containers if you want and grow them in tubs and window boxes. But they're lovely planted out and they do flower every year and they multiply every year a little bit bit like dwarf daffodils. So that's something a little bit different. the Fairy Walk. The Fairy or, walk. Yeah, well, Fairy yeah. Walk. It's a collection of, of different varieties. I thought this one was nice as well. It's one called the Honey Lily.
0: Oh, they look gorgeous. And they? A
1: nice drooping flower. Um, it's, it's in the lily family, so it's called the Honey Lily because it's very attracted to bees and there's a fabulous scent of that plant as well. And again, it flowers in, in uh, April sort of period, March, April period. Um, so really, really nice plant. Again, very easy to grow. A little bit taller, it grows about 18 inches in height. Right. But lovely coloured Those, again, nodding type flowers. A um, very pretty flower.
0: Isn't it? Yes. It's
1: two-tone in colour. It's pink and cream in the flower. Never heard of them flower. before. Yeah. So that's the, the honey, the honey lily. lily. I also, I know you you fancy white in the garden and there, here's a variety. There's a, a dwarf tulip called Diamond Jubilee. I Isn't think these are just
0: stunning. We'll have to put up a photograph of those. So <laughs> they are really stunning. They're a
1: really nice variety. It's it's a white tulip, um, but it's got a, it's edged with pink, so it's really really nice. Lovely as a cut flower as well. Again, you plant them now, they'll be flowering in April. Um, and I brought you obviously the the. Um, the snowdrops as well, Galanthus, yeah. which will flower in January and they can be planted now. Things like winter aconites can be planted this time of year, which are beautiful yellow flowers that flower in December. So you can have bulbs that will flower from December, January, February, March, April, right up until the alliums that flower for us at bloom, which is at the end of June. June. So bulbs will flower literally from January, December, January right through until until uh, June if you pick the different varieties. And again, they're so easy to grow. And finally, I brought you in some wildflower seed okay? because this is the time of year for sowing wildflower seed in your garden. And remember we talked about Rotherham. Well, <laughs> the Rotherham <Pork>. bur- <laughs> I've been practicing that all summer. <laughs> so Rotherham is that borough in the UK yeah. who are uh, infamous for planting the edges of the um, streets and the, and the, drive, the, the uh, country lanes, they planted eight miles of wildflower seed this year. They've got fantastic exposure in social media. The borough itself has saved up to 25,000 in lawn cutting and having to cut the edges. And you can imagine eight miles of wild meadow uh, flowers, which flowered all summer long. So we're seeing that trend Uh, particularly in the UK and in Ireland. There was a big trend of bloom this year, the planting of wildflower seed. But this is the time, September is the month for sowing wildflower. If you think what nature is doing at the moment, our foxgloves are producing seed at the moment. All the wildflowers are actually producing their seed. So nature is casting its seed during September. So it's the perfect time of year. If you want to put some wildflowers in your garden, this is the time to sow them. All you need is a piece of soil. You rake the soil, you chuck the seed on, you rake it in, and that's it. They germinate over the autumn. They'll come into flower then in spring and summer of next year. And I always think it's lovely to mix wildflower seeds with some of the bulbs we talked about, the winter aconites, the crocuses, the snowdrops, the bluebells, have that mixture going together. And then you've got colour from January, February, right through until September, October. Okay, so it's and of course, it's self-seeds.
0: And it's all about just a bit of planning and getting it, them into the ground.
1: Into the ground at this time of year. Obviously, today is a little bit too wet for it. But as as things dry up, you can certainly start planting any of the wildflowers, seeds. And they can be planted literally up until the end of November. And the bulbs you can continue to plant right through September, October sort of period. Um, and that's preparing then for next summer. Fantastic. And of course, they are all be beneficial
0: yes okay be be friendly
1: be friendly be friendly i was actually in my store in um wicklow during the week and a chap called percy deacon a beekeeper in wexford dropped me in one of his jars of honey
0: oh nice as a
1: as a thank you for all we do in promoting the, oh, uh, the, the 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 honey the bees. Bees and so oh. on on here on the radio station so it was lovely to get it and uh, just a nice reminder for me to to mention mention the uh, obviously the sowing of wildflower seeds and bulbs particularly for bees and many of them many of these are actually ideal for. Crocuses, in particular, are brilliant for bees in, in February. And They're a very important plant because it's the time of year when there's very little pollen okay. available.
0: Okay, great. Uh, so we're wondering about um, giving hydrangeas and roses the last feed for the season. Mary, good morning.
1: Good morning, Mary. Yeah, and roses, I suppose, have suffered from the wet weather. The flowers have been bent and battered and, and some of them are drooping off. So what I would do with the roses at this time of year is deadhead. So cut back anything that has gone brown or, or damaged in any way with the wet weather once you cut something back it stimulates new growth and particularly if you feed it it'll encourage that growth to come on and you will get flowers at the end of September, early October on those roses so by all means trim off any old flowers, deadhead them tidy them up, give them a feed of your rose feed that'll boost them back into growth and they'll continue to flower and and roses often flower right through October, November if we get some um, favourable weather so certainly continue to feed. About once a month you feed roses up until the end of September early October and the hydrangea. Hydrangeas will benefit from a, a little bit of feed as well. There's no harm to give them because they're they're still flowering beautifully.
0: Okay. Now, somebody else in relation to the hydrangeas, uh, can we cut back the ones that have gone off? They're brown and ugly.
1: Yeah, anything that's gone brown and 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 aged, you can certainly trim back. You could just tidy them back and just deadhead them slightly. Just take off the old flowering head uh, because it can look a bit a bit. Um, distracting and, and take away from the, the flowers that are still colourful. So by all means, take off the old dead heads, there's no harm to do that whatsoever.
0: Uh, somebody else, Tom, uh, has a, uh, a flowering cherry tree. Is it too late to cut those back?
1: Yeah, they should be cut really after flowering. So cherries suffer from uh, the bleed when you prune them. So they actually uh, they shouldn't be pruned any time through late autumn, winter, early spring. So you allow the cherry to come back into flower next April, early May. And as soon as the flowers start to fade, as the new growth is coming on, that's the time to prune them back, feed them at that time of year as well. The cuts that you make will heal over very quickly and they'll be they'll be fine so leave it till I would say kind of the end of May the first week of June when the flowers are just dropping Double. off yeah
0: okay now uh, we have somebody with a tunnel and they're wondering uh, great to have you back first of all can great I still plant potatoes for Christmas or is it too late and also what other vegetables or salads can I plant now I do have a tunnel
1: okay well that's great that's great and, and perfect and this sort of weather to, to have the tunnel and um, so Christmas potatoes, they're, they're a range of potatoes that we get in um, normally about the middle of, of August, or early August. So there are a range of varieties that are bred specifically for planting at this time of year that you harvest at Christmas. So there are varieties, um, Charlotte, for example, is one, Maris Pier is another and javelin theres there's five or six different varieties that you can plant now I would say to get into the garden center today because there's very few packs left people have been planting them over the last two or three weeks you need to get them um, into tunnel straight away. Um, so you can certainly still plant them. Um, the, you know, the, the, the variety and ranges might be certainly reduced at the moment, but plant them over this weekend if you can. Ideally put them into pots or tubs. Large tubs is the easiest way to grow them in fresh compost. They'll kick into growth straight away. Within two or three weeks, you'll have lots of fresh foliage. That'll continue to grow then un- until about the end of November when we get heavy frost. They die back at that time of year and then you pick them. A day or two before Christmas Day, and they're all of the varieties tend to be like new potatoes. So you don't have to peel them or take the skin off You're them. Safe. You can eat them like they're exact like a new potato at Christmas time. At Christmas, that's lovely. It is lovely. <laughs> yeah. It is lovely.
0: Absolutely. So
1: um, I planted some myself about again about two weeks, three weeks ago, and they're already a foot high. In a, in a pot, and I actually have them outside on the patio rather than in the tunnel. So I, I must move them to the tunnel. Um, but but so they grow very very quickly.
0: And do they need to stay in the tunnel slash patio yes. for the for the season, or do they go into the ground? Well,
1: no, no, no. You leave them. You, you actually grow them in a, in oh. a big pot. Okay. You leave them in the. Ideally, they should be in the tunnel. I'll yeah. move mine today okay. into the tunnel. So uh,
0: indoors somewhere, rather than yeah there, yeah.
1: So. I, when I say the patio, is literally sitting outside for mm. the last two or three weeks and all that rain and misery. But they've grown really really strongly. So I'll move them in there now and they'll continue to grow until the end of November. You harvest them then uh, whenever, any time from once the foliage dies, any time through early December right up to Christmas Day, you can pick the uh, the tubers. Okay. They're just a novelty item, something different. It's not that you're going to feed oh, a nation yes. with them. It's more a novelty to have at Christmas have time. potatoes
0: at Christmas. At well, Christmas time, yeah. it yeah. it's just something delicious. different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I'm not sure you're going to be able to help with this, but we're going to throw this out there because somebody else might be able to give us information. Um, uh, they got a, These people got a plant that the Pope blessed last year on his visit to Knock. They were kindly given to us at the Novena. Does anybody out there know are they indoor or outdoor? Um, a bit vague uh, and they don't have the name of the plant. So mm, if anyone <laughs> can assist us on that. Uh, I you, can't out yeah, there. You, you, you pass on the is. information. And yeah. we'll, if we, we got, get the name of the plant i what it is. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be able to go from there. Yeah. Thanks indeed. Now I have a strawberry plant and there's a lot of long shoots from it. Will I cut them off and set them?
1: Yeah, well, they're the runners. So strawberries at this time of year. So you've taken the crop off them. It's the time to tie and tidy up your strawberry plants. Now, if there's any straw or bedding that you put under them, take that away at this time of year. Cut off any dead leaves that might be on them. But they also produce lots of runners. So they're self-propagating. And those little runners, if you don't clean them off and tidy them up, then your strawberries bed becomes a bit of a mess. So it's, it's advisable to trim them off at this time of year. You can simply pot them up into a small bit of potting compost and you've got yourself a new runner or a new strawberry plant if planted out later on will actually produce fruit next summer. So they're well worth keeping some of the runners. You mightn't keep them all mm-hmm. but don't allow them to self root because a, Ultimately, the whole bed then becomes a mess. You end up without that nice clean rose. Um, so so my advice is to take the runners off now, Pop them up, keep some of them, grow them on, and then they will fruit next season and uh, so it's really just a matter of tidying the strawberries back this time of year you could give them a little bit of sulphur to potash as well that tends to build them up for next year and sulphur to potash is excellent for all fruiting plants at this time of year it kind of slows down the growth and it makes them stronger through the winter and it induces flowering buds in apple trees and pears trees and cherry trees if applied at this time of year
0: now I have a red robin that's not doing well at all. Uh, planted a few years ago, everything else in the rockery is doing fine, and I'm wondering if it's the location. It's in a corner, which I thought would give it shelter, but maybe it's not getting enough lo- lo- enough light. Might that be the problem? And when can I move it, and what's the ideal spot?
1: Okay, right. The well, Fritillaria red robin is a New Zealand plant, so that tells us a little bit about it. It likes. Plenty of light. It likes a bright, open location. It doesn't like to be in too dry a, an area as well. So I think you've got shade and you've also got dryness against the wall. So my advice really is to lift it. You could actually lift it at this time of year. Evergreen plants like Fotinia red robin transplant very well in September, early October. So you can actually carefully go around the edge of the plant. Um, so first of all, I would trim it back and tidy it up, just take off some of the foliage on the plant. And then around the base where the root is, with a sharp sharp spade, just go right around the plant, keeping out maybe a foot or 18 inches and try and lift a complete root ball with the plant as you're moving it. Put it into a new location. It likes a bright open spot. It dislikes too much wind, but it will tolerate a reasonably open position. So mm. some somewhere in the garden that's bright, uh, but not overly exposed. They also do brilliantly in pots and containers. Um, and I would move it Okay, today is not the perfect day, but over the next couple of, the next week maybe or so, if you get a nice dry day, dig it up, transplant it. So cut it back, lift it, replant it, make sure you put it down at the same level and pick a bright open spot for it and it'll do perfectly fine.
0: Fantastic. Now, regarding houseplants, I've grown coleus. Coleus, from, yeah. Coleus from seed. How can I prolong the life of those beautiful plants when are the autumn potatoes late? well we've talked about that and uh, yes and you can go with them in pots I think we've, we've covered the, the the autumn Christmas potatoes now we yeah, sure have uh, so the coleus talk to us about coleus do you know the plant
1: the coleus I
0: can't place it off the top of my head you'd know now. it
1: you'd know it if you, if if you your, I, as your as mother will know, know this plant i know it if I saw it you'd know it if you saw it exactly so coleus are grown for their foliage colour so they've got beautiful uh, shades of um, reds and burgundy and yellow and often in the one leaf you'd have three or four different Um, colours. So St. Joseph coat it's often called because of the myriad of different colours it comes in. So you sow it from seed or people will often buy it uh, um, as plants in the garden centre in May, June sort of period. And it's really grown for its foliage colour. It also flowers it produces a lovely little blue flower um, and can be grown out of doors for the summer but is frost sensitive. So it's a bit like a geranium. You need to bring it in for the winter. Now, it's not a long-lived plant. If you get two or three years indoors from it, uh, that's generally the the extent of its longevity. So after that period, it tends to get a bit woody and, and a bit old looking. Now, you can keep it young by pruning it back. So my advice, if the listener has it, say, out of doors, trim it back now repot it into a pot and bring it indoors anytime during September. Keep it on a bright sun uh, windowsill mm. or patio or conservatory, somewhere indoors away from the frost, but bright and colourful. And if you pinch it back and keep it pruned back on a regular basis, you'll keep it small, you keep it young, and you'll extend the longevity of the plant you'll have it for, for several years. Right. It also propagates really easy from cuttings. And this is the time of year for taking cuttings of many plants. Not just outdoor garden shrubs, but house plants can be propagated from cuttings as well. So your geraniums, your coleus, all will do. Money tree, all of those propagate really simple from cuttings. I actually brought you in. What's so here's, here's a pot of cuttings that I took uh, about five, six weeks ago. Now I actually, I actually rooted these in my veggie pot. You know, the, pot, oh, the veggie pot the veggie that pods, I used for. Yes. So I had a spare area. I said, right, go around the garden. I took a selection of cuttings. They are, these are parahibes. It's one of my f- favourite garden plants. It's a evergreen shrub. It retains its dark green foliage and produces masses of white flowers right through the summer. Only grows to about a foot in height or 18 inches, but f- carpets the ground. So it's called parahebi It's a lovely, easy plant to grow, but it propagates from cuttings really simple, as does the coleus plant. So all you need is a cutting about four or five inches long, little bit of rooting powder, so I brought some powder in yeah. there somewhere. Yeah, so okay. there's the powder so dip, there. Dip it in. Yeah. Dip it into that. Put it into a into You can put it into a pot like this if you want. You go with eight or nine cuttings, gritty compost, so generally perlite and compost mixed together. Stick them into that. Have the compost moist but not too wet. Cover with a polythene bag. Sit it on your windowsill and forget about it for three or four weeks.
0: So you had that in the veggie pod. So you didn't need the polythene bag, am I presuming? No, I covered it. I left the
1: the cover down. And within three weeks, the cuttings had rooted. I put about 30 or 40 of these in right beside one another. It took them three, four weeks to root. And I literally potted them up into this pot uh, last week. So I'll keep these now in the tunnel for the winter. Just let them grow on. You can see already the new growth. And see, and on this look, one.
0: Like you can see that cutting is a really strong yeah. cutting already. And see that one yeah. is kicking into growth yeah.
1: already. So I'll leave them in the tunnel for the winter and then I'll plant them out into the garden next March, April so they'll, at that stage they'll nearly be five or six inches high so they'll, they'll actually grow a good during the winter plant really yeah so the same thing applies with the coleus take the cuttings now geraniums again short cuttings four to six inches long strip off the leaves dip them into rooting powder put them into a few pots with a bit of perlite cover them with a polythene bag sit them on your windowsill and you've got yourself some new plants for next season roses can be done fuchsias can be done uh, hypericum loads of hydrangeas can be propagated from cuttings so there's a load of plants at this time of year that propagate get but you do need the rooting powder that's essential to put on the base and because that stimulates the stem to produce new roots and a little tub like that will do hundreds and hundreds of cuttings cuttings. so you you know once you have it you have it and it tends not to go off um so it's a perfect time so going back to the coleus question uh bring it indoors take some cuttings maybe off it as well cut it back as well and that'll help to keep it rejuvenated water about every two to three weeks indoors and and a little bit less than during the winter period. Keep it on a semi-dry basis. But it's a lovely plant.
0: Lovely. Now, I need to plant a new bed with winter flowering heathers. What type of soil do I need and what type of heather do I look for?
1: Okay, good question. Yeah, and and most of the, uh, you know, if you're out in the moors or out in the the heather beds, the summer heathers are in full flower at the moment, the Colunas. Um, But winter heathers, first of all, they'll grow in any type of soil. So they grow in limey soil, they grow in acid soil, or they grow in neutral soil. So you don't need any specific type of soil. Uh, They come in a range of different varieties and different colours. So you've got varieties like White Perfection, which produces beautiful white flowers. Fox Hollow, which is one of my favourite, has yellow foliage. And during the winter, it goes the colour of a fox. So it goes from a bright, Golden green or golden yellow color in summer to this orange color in winter, and it produces lovely pink flowers. So that's one called Fox Hollow. Merton Ruby, ruby as the name suggests, it produces red flowers during the winter. And again, winter flowering heathers flower generally from now, or certainly from late September, early October, right through until April of next year. So they're actually winter spring. Uh, flowering uh, so Merchant Ruby is a lovely red one Vivilli is a nice pink variety so there's a whole range of different varieties my advice is to plant them in groups of the same variety so if you're putting in fox hollow put in seven or nine plants together spacing them about 15 inches apart nice. put some spring bulbs with them as well some crocuses or some snowdrops because they'll come up through the heathers and and that's it just put them out in, a, in groups of the same variety put maybe five or six different varieties into the bed underplant with spring bulbs and you've got yourself colour then from October right through until spring of next year. And heathers are evergreen so they retain their foliage all year round so they all always look brilliant. There's a beautiful bed of heathers in the National Botanic Gardens. Right. So if people are in Dublin, drop in, they have a fabulous large bed. It's there since I've been there or since I was there in, in the 80s. And I was back there last uh, autumn just to take a look at it and it's still there and absolutely spectacular. And they've mixed some uh, dwarf conifers with oh, it oh beautiful yeah so little miniature conifers and the heathers just a whole carpet effect Excellent. and it works really well low maintenance the only maintenance really is to give them a light trimming back after flowering in April early May give them a feed and that's it they're back in flower okay. every year
0: and you've got your colour for the
1: winter you've got and there's such, there's such a reliable plan for winter colour because irrespective of the weather we get they, they just the flower yeah even yes. if the snow on them they're flowering beneath the snow. They're, they're absolutely terrific. So this is the time of year to plant winter flowering heathers. You can also put them in a few pots and containers if you just want one or two for a bit of uh, colour. Mix them with winter pansies, with some winter violas yeah. and plants like that and some spring bulbs as well.
0: Roses. Um, yeah. So we've got a question here from Mary, I think. My sister brought me three lovely roses for my birthday in July. Lovely. A, I always think they're such a lovely presents. Um I put them into bigger pots over the last month and I don't know what part of the garden now to put them in. Can I leave them in the pots over the winter or should I plant them out?
1: No, if you want, you can leave them in, in the pots. Um, certainly for, for at least a year, they'll, they'll be quite happy in a, in a relatively large pot. Now, ideally, roses should go into the garden because they're a, a long-lived plant and you're going to have them for... For 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So generally, rose is like a bright, open, Uh, situation. So somewhere they're going to get full sun, south facing, west facing, preferably in reasonably good soil. Um, So they're not terribly fussy, but at the same time, they need a bright location. Um, But alternatively, you can leave them in the pots for another year. They'll come into flower next summer and, and flower right through to autumn. And maybe this time next year, you could consider planting them then out into the garden soil. So whichever the listener wants to do, leave them in the pots and they'll be perfectly happy or transplant them any time during the winter out into the garden soil and they'll come back into flower prune them back same as, as you would a traditional rose, you prune it back in, in October, November once it's gone out of flower.
0: Now, uh, I just want to say Anne in Ballon Robe has sent us in a couple of photographs from her garden and uh, they really are stunning. She said it has been the best ever this year. More has flower? So, uh, we'll, I can't see all of these as they're coming into to me, but uh, there are some, I think, begonias oh, there. Oh, lovely, yeah. And, yeah.
1: Uh,
0: oh, there's a, there's a million and one plants. And well, begonias
1: are great. I actually brought you a piece of a begonian this year. They're absolutely stunning. And, and it's a great thing about begonias that they're, um, look at that.
0: Oh, that's a gorgeous colour. a lovely variety? Yeah. And
1: uh, even in the wet weather, even in the rain, begonias just keep on giving. They're one of the best bedding flowers to plant and they will stay in bloom. There's no sign of them going out of flower. No. They'll stay in flower yeah. till November. Um, so they're always well worth planting. Um and always reliable. Um,
0: now, geraniums in pots they finished flowering. What flowers uh, now that I can put in that will last?
1: Okay, well, if the, the geraniums are have gone gone over, and you want to change them for autumn colour, so again, like I mentioned, you could put in. There's a lovely variety of heather called Garden Girls, which is in flower at the moment. Uh, very pretty, tall, about eight to ten inches in height, pinks and reds, and some of them come with a with two or three colours in the one pot which are really nice so look for those they're, they're an autumn flowering uh, heather called Garden Girls you could also put in the winter flowering pansies and violas they're available now you've got the lovely burying plants the autumn peppers are available at the moment so oh. they're a little like peppers Yes. they're orange and yellows um, again plant them up into window box and containers to give lovely autumnal colour the winter flowering heathers of course you can plant all the spring bulbs you could put in as well so there's a whole myriad Loads. cyclamen are lovely at Sigmund, the moment
0: I saw some beautiful ones actually during yeah, the week yeah,
1: yeah. so they're, they'll all flower now and continue through Christmas and into spring of next year so it's a good time if you need to change over some pots it's an ideal time to do them
0: now I have a mulberry tree that oh, has lovely. produced fruit for the first time and I'm really excited to taste it um, so they're just turning black now are yeah. they ready to eat?
1: yeah once well mulberries they're a bit like blueberries so mulberry, the mulberry tree yeah there's a song about that isn't there? there
0: is but I anyway. think there's a nursery rhyme But <laughs>
1: what is that it? yeah so <laughs> (laughs) Um, So mulberry trees, it is a tree. I mean, it'll grow anything up to kind of 15 feet in height. So it's a large shrub or tree. Um, And generally, it's a bit like blueberries. They fruit over a long period. So it's not like a blackcurrant that fruits within two weeks. So it ripens from generally August through until October. So you'll you'll see on the mulberry tree, some fruit will be black, some fruit will be red and some will be green. And you continually pl- pick right through the autumn and early winter period. The thing to watch with blueberries is that they're they're uh, full of juice, mm-hmm. and once you go to pick them, they burst and they squirt everywhere. Right. So wear a pair of gloves. I was
0: going to say, don't be wearing your white jeans. Don't be
1: wearing your, your best clothes when you're picking them. But they're absolutely delicious. They're full. They're tart and and sweet at the same time. If that makes sense, yeah. they're like, a bit like a tayberry or a loganberry. They look very very similar to that. Um, probably a tad bigger uh, but well worth well worth so start picking the black once they become black that's a sign that's that the right yeah it's probably a um, morris nigra which is the black blueberry or black mulberry i should say the black mulberry um so yeah it grows as a tree it, it's it, it takes on this kind of gnarled gnarled branches and okay. uh, things so, so a lovely it's, plant it's, to have in the garden it has
0: a bit of character as the fallacy. and it's
1: self-fertile so you only need one mulberry Tree, tree in the garden. Ah. So they produce, they're their, their self-fertile, they're actually cross-pollinated. Um, no, they don't fruit for about seven or eight years from planting. Okay. So, to so be patient eat. with them. But once they start to fruit, then they're reliable every year after that. And they're a long-lived tree the last 50 or 60 years. Um, so plant them away from the house, give them plenty of space and um, just be careful picking the fruit. Often it's a good idea maybe to put a sheet on the ground and shake the tree and the, and the ripe Fruit will actually drop onto the the sheet, an old sheet obviously, and, and, and bring them in that way. And they're now they don't freeze very well, so right. you need to use them fresh. Okay. Um, you know, so that. Don't that's think I've
0: ever tasted a mulberry. Mulberry, yeah, yeah. Oh we'll see I might be
1: able to get you one somewhere
0: now I've a large bed of Patriot hostas which were fab this summer I want to plant some bulbs between them any tips please
1: yeah well first of all so the hosta Patriot is a variegated hosta with green and white leaves Um, it's beginning to go off now so if I was planting bulbs I'd plant a selection so you want something relatively tall because the Patriot will grow two, two, two and a half feet in height Um, so any of the daffodils would be lovely um, for, for a bit of colour bluebells would work re- really well. The alliums would be fantastic. So there's, um, you can get the alliums in both white and in pink, different shades of purple as well. And they've got long stems so they'd flower right above the hosta foliage. Okay. So they'd really work really well. Agapanthus is another one that you could use. And then at this time of year for autumn colour, the neurines. the neorine bulbs are, are fabulous. They're again shades of pink, purple and white. So you could plant all of those, through the patriot hostas, and they'll flower at different times of year, and they'll work very, very well with the hostas. Of course, are going to die back for the winter, so the neurines would give lovely colour. They'll come into flower now in the next, probably uh, by the by the middle of September, and right through October, they'll be flowering. So any of those could be planted.
0: Now, I've pyrocantha plant. It flowered in the springtime and right. sprouted berries, but they died immediately. Why did that happen?
1: Well, so pyrocantha is that lovely. Uh, wall shrub mm. that it's called fire thorn because in winter time the berries are like the plant is covered in fire. It's completely red and orange. It's in the apple family and it suffers from a disease called apple scab. And ah. um, so that's sometimes the flowers are effective for for that. So my advice really is leave it alone now. If the berries are gone, there's nothing you can do for the rest of this year. Just keep it trimmed and tidied. Next year when it comes into flower Give it a, an application of Rose Clear or or um, Fungus Clear, either of the two, and that'll prevent the apple scab affecting the flowers. So it, it basically affects the flowers; it stops them pollinating properly, and the fruit just all drop. They go brown and they and they drop off the tree. Um, so there's nothing that the listener did wrong. It's just a disease that comes on okay. on sometimes. So leave it until next spring. Give it a, a dressing of the Fungus Clear, and it'll be it'll be perfectly fine then this time next year.
0: Now, can we leave jasmine in pots for the winter?
1: Well, jasmine, um, can we leave it in pots? Yeah, it depends on the size of the plant. Remember, it's a climbing plant and it's quite a vigorous plant. It will grow indoors or outdoors. And there are a couple of different varieties. So there's the white jasmine, jasminum officinalis, which has that lovely white flowers in summer and they're highly scented. But there's also a winter flowering variety, one called nudiflorum. Okay. which means bare stems nudiflorum <laughs> there you go it, fl- it, fl- it flowers on, on naked stems during the winter period so it's a lovely variety actually if you want a bit of colour in the winter it's got bright yellow flowers um, so that's totally fine out of doors I would prefer to see it planted in the garden soil up against a wall rather than a pot because the pot is going to restrict it over time and the same with the with the summer jasmine it can be grown in a pot for a couple of years but really ultimately it, it's better planted um, out of doors again to sheltered wall um, because it is quite a vigorous climbing plant. So you can keep it, particularly the the white one, if you want to grow it indoors, keep it in pots, just keep repotting it, moving it up until such time that it outgrows a large pot and then plant it out into the garden or the winter flowering one, you can plant it this time of year um, but preferably out directly into the garden soil and most climbing plants are better in the garden soil because over time they are going to fill Whatever container you have it mm. in. And that is going to keep it contained or restricted and affect the overall growth of the plant.
0: What do I do with an Angels Trumpet for the winter?
1: You well it's 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 probably gone out of flower now at this time of year, so I would bring it back indoors. What's an angel's trumpet? Angel's trumpet is a it produces it's an indoor plant, but okay. you can leave it out for the summer. But it produces huge trumpet-like flowers um, Datura is the botanical name for the plant um, but it needs to be brought it's frost sensitive so you need to bring it in normally from about the middle of September bring it into a conservatory or um, you know a, a, a bright sunny area indoors keep it frost free in other words for the winter you can also prune it back as well um, and tidy it back just to hold its shape and repot it then next April and start it off again
0: Lovely uh, Either lily with a seed in the top of it can you plant the seed?
1: well many plants are producing seeds at the moment so yes of course you can but um If the bud is still very green which most lilies will be at this time of year leave it for until the the bud goes brown uh, and then put it into a a paper bag and the seeds will will actually fall into the paper bag and then you can sow them any time during the autumn, winter Calla lilies for example they produce lots of of, um, seeds after they produce the white flowers but the bud is generally green at this time of year it'll ripen during September put into a brown paper bag let the seeds fall out sow them in some compost cover them with a little bit of cling film and they'll germinate and, and grow for you.
0: Now, my cooking apples have black spots on them. They're going all the way through. I can't use them. Why might this be this person is an ackle?
1: Well, the again going back to apple scab on, on apples is that is that brown pigment on the on the fruit of the plants. So the listener probably didn't give them any treatment during the summer. We get a wet Late summer, autumn, like we're having at the moment, you get lots of scab on the apples. Um, so it tends to be on the surface, but can penetrate down into the into the flesh of the fruit as well. The fruit is still edible; you can still eat the fruit, but right. it, but it doesn't look very attractive. Right, it's not very pretty. No. Um, so the only way to control it is, is giving it that rose rescue in April, May sort of period, just after flowering, and that helps to protect them.
0: How long do brooms last?
1: Broom is a short-lived plant, so you know the broom, it flowers in in um, it flower, different coloured flowers, yellows, whites, pinks and so on, flowering in April and May. It's in the, in the pea family, the same as laburnums, but it lasts maybe four to six years. That would be the typical. If you prune it back after flowering, again, you keep it younger. If you keep it on a fairly um, poorish soil, a gravelly type soil, again, it tends to live longer. So, you um, Too much heavy soil, too much feeding, not pruning it back, shortens the lifespan of brooms. So see them as a short-lived plant. They're very fast-growing. They're great fillers Mm. to fill up a shrub border quickly, a bit like Lavateria. But over time, they die away. They get top-heavy and they fall over. So it's the type of plant you either propagate from cuttings every couple of years or just see it as a short-term. So four to six years would be typically the age length of a broom you will extend it if you trim keep trimming it back after flowering and feeding it and keeping it on a kind of an impoverished soil a gravelly based soil
0: butterfly bush how low to cut back
1: well it's there there may be still a few flowers left on it and i wouldn't cut them back now until probably october but you can literally cut the butterfly bush back to within a foot of ground level so normally a foot to 18 inches As they grow in the spring, it's a good idea, a bit like your Annabelle uh, hydrangea, to, to actually take, cut back the new growth in late April early May because what that does rather than having a tall spindly plant you end up with a plant that's shorter and more bushy and more a hell of a lot more flowers so you're doubling the amount of flowers so we call it the Chelsea chop because it's done around the time of Chelsea and you cut back the new growth so I would do it around sometime in May when there's maybe a foot or eight inches of growth on the Buddleia trim the tops them back you'll double the amount of stems you'll double or quadruple the amount of flowers you're going to get for the plant and you'll keep the overall stature of the plant shorter bushier healthier Here, it's also this time of year is a really good time for propagating buddleia from cuttings and it would it would root in your ear as they say it would root (laughs) in gravel or stone no no
0: hassle it's a really
1: simple plant to propagate uh, from cuttings. so short cuttings a little bit of rooting powder and within three or four weeks you've got yourself some new plants
0: okay one or two more time is starting to tick along when is a good time to divide up a peony rose
1: well, peony rose don't dislike being <coughs> divided. So okay. if you're going to divide it, prepare yourself for non-flowering for two or three years. So because the plant will just take a shock from that and it won't flower for a couple of seasons. It'll grow perfectly fine. You might get a couple of blooms off it, but you're definitely going to set the plant back. But having said all of that, this is a really good time for most herbaceous plants if you want to dig them up and uh, divide them up. So peony roses are very simple. You literally to. Do- dig the entire clump up, get yourself a sharp spade, divide it into five or six or seven pieces, replant them into a new area of the garden and um, you've got yourself six or seven new peony roses. But remember, it's going to be two or three years before they settle down to flowering again. Okay. And most herbaceous plants, we talked about the hostas, they can be divided at this time of year. A lot of the herbaceous plants like rubecchia after the wet weather, they could do it a little bit of deadheading now and then all of those can be divided. Uh, Divided up as we come into autumn, so it's kind of the time of year for division.
0: Okay, um, question. I love hanging baskets. Are there hanging baskets that bloom all over the winter? Yeah. Um, don't like the artificial ones.
1: Yeah, don't blame you. Don't blame you <laughs> whatsoever. So, so you know, summer, summer bedding and hanging baskets are still in flower, and they continue to flower for several weeks now. But you can plant up some uh, hanging baskets for winter colour. So many of the plants we mentioned already, Mm. the winter heathers, trailing ivy is brilliant. You can plant your hanging basket with all the bulbs that I mentioned as well, particularly the short-stemmed bulbs, varieties of tulips like um, Red Riding Hood or Gluck or Cape Cod will be brilliant. Um, Plant them up with winter pansies, winter violas, the peppers I mentioned, the cyclamen, polyanthus, There's a whole range of plants that will give you colour from now right through until the spring of next year. And then you can simply, so you could actually have two series of hanging baskets, those that you plant up in the autumn. So as you take your summer ones down, you pop those up. Mm -hmm. So they should be planted up now, grow them on for a couple of weeks. And then when you take your summer ones down, pop up your autumn ones. And then as we come into May, have your summer baskets ready to to take over from the spring. So you can actually have baskets that are flowering all year round if you want.
0: Somebody wondering about the Tom Thumb. Would it be suitable for a grave, a very windy area?
1: Pittosporum Tom Thumb. Yeah, it would because it, it tolerates trimming. It first of all, it tolerates the wind very well. So Pittosporums are brilliant in windy conditions. But do trim it back. So I normally trim the Pittosporums I have twice a year. So we, I trim them in in April and again around July, sort of period. And you can keep them to a foot in height if you want. Okay. So it'd be perfect on the grave. The winter heathers are great as well.
0: And just before we finish up, can can we reiterate the name of the white tulip. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Hold about on, I get it here again. Sorry, no, It was yeah.
1: uh, Diamond Jubilee, wasn't it? Uh,
0: Hold I, on. All I know is it somewhere. was stunning looking.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a variety of tulip called Diamond Jubilee. So it's a white flowered tulip with a very, very distinctive pink edge on all the petals. So it's a very, very nice variety. So that's it's quite a good one. So Diamond Jubilee is the variety. But this is the time of year. Look, there's a whole m- load of different varieties. Cape Cod is a beautiful variety as well. But I thought that one, I, I knew you like well, so I I, love f- said, yeah. I do love white.
0: I'll be honest, in the garden, I yeah. think it's, it's a stunning look. Uh, okay, Park, we're going to leave it there. I know there was loads of questions we didn't quite get to, but we're going to hang on to them and hopefully maybe look through and uh, pick up ah. topics for next week. For next that. week,
1: absolutely, yeah. And uh, you can also get more information on horkins.ie you
0: sure can Warwick <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks indeed alright good morning to you uh, that's it Michael Leary is coming your way next uh, I do believe with the Country Classics here on Midwest uh, right through until one o'clock this afternoon all going well I'll be back with you again next Saturday just after seven till then have yourselves a great weekend good morning to you